0: Guys, Good morning. We are going to get started right now. If you want to make your way on in, uh, get to your car, get to the chairs. We have spaced everything out the way uh, we feel like would be best in, in concordance with all the county guidelines. But uh, let me just say for a second uh, how great it is to see everybody at church finally, or see a lot of us here. I know many are watching online uh, at home. Uh, they weren't able to come, but it is great to have All of us that are here this morning, I want to say thank you for being with us. My name is Joe Collins. I want to welcome you to me Church. Our mission is to love God and neighbor one household at a time. We are a group of ordinary people who believe in the extraordinary message of Jesus Christ. So no matter who you are, what your story, we're glad you're here. So, you know, it's been about 13 weeks since the last time we actually met in person. And even though we're not back to normal just yet... I got to say, it is really great to be in your presence physically this morning. And I hope that we can continue to do something like this in the weeks and the months ahead as we navigate this whole uh, COVID-19 issue uh, together. So you guys may know I've been doing a series called One-on-One with Jesus, and the idea of the series is to take a deeper look at the individual interactions Jesus had with different people. The last couple of times I got a chance to speak, we took a look at two different one-on-ones. One was with a woman named Martha, and we learned that it's never a good idea to judge a person by your first impression. The second one was with her sister Mary, and we learned that, it's, and we learned that uh, sometimes our actions speak just as loud as our words. Now, if you haven't had a chance to see those lessons, they are on our website, seeme.church. You can go there and click on the Watch Past Messages button, and you'll get a chance to catch up on the series. So for today, I want to complete this little family trifecta and take a look at a one-on-one that took place between Jesus and Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus. As always, the goal is to draw something relevant to our faith and to our life today. So in order to connect this morning, I want to have some fun. Who here remembers the game Simon Says? All right, so we're just going to have fun and play a little bit of Simon Says for just one minute to kind of break the ice. So here we go. Simon Says, raise your left hand. Simon Says, raise your right hand. Simon Says, put your left hand down. All right, go ahead and put your right hand down. Uh, I got someone. You know, I don't know about you. That's, that's good. We can stop there. Now, I don't know about you, but I used to love Simon Says as a kid. But like some of you, I was never very good at it. I kind of went out usually in the middle of the pack with everyone else, right? Well, today, as we look at this one-on-one between Jesus and Lazarus, I, I want to I just, with my tongue in my cheek, kind of paint the picture that it was. it's also maybe one of the greatest games of Simon Says, that was ever played. So if you have your Bible on your phone, or if you have a physical Bible, obviously we're outside, we don't have a screen for you, but I want to encourage you to turn to John chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 38, and we're going to pray before we start. Father, it is so great to come together as a church in person once again. It's such such a blessing. I want to thank everyone for being here, for honoring the, the county guidelines and the codes and God, I pray that our fellowship, even though it is a bit spaced, will be sweet and will be encouraging, and that every member here will just be glad that we were able to come. For those that are at home that aren't able to come, God, I pray that you bless them and the message will encourage them. And God, we do pray that very shortly we can be together uh, in sweet fellowship as a church. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, turn with me to John chapter 11. Like I said, we're going to start in verse 38. Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance take away the stone he said but lord said martha the sister of the dead man by this time there's a bad odor for he had been in there 4 days then jesus said did i not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of god so when they took away the stone jesus then jesus looked up and said father i thank you that you have heard me i know that you always hear me but i said this For the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did and believed in him. So unlike his sisters, Mary and Martha, who had multiple encounters with Jesus that are recorded in the Gospels, this is the only recorded interaction between Jesus and Lazarus. And even though Jesus does all the talking, there's still a lot we can learn from this one-on-one. For instance, in verse 38, when Jesus sees Lazarus, when he sees the tomb, Lazarus's tomb for the very first time, he is deeply moved at the sight of it. Clearly, Jesus loved Lazarus like family. And when we factor in what we learned from Jesus's one-on-ones with Mary and with Martha, we also discovered that this family dynamic between the four of them was based on many years of friendship and time spent together. So when Jesus called Lazarus to come out, he wasn't only resurrecting a man who had been dead for four days, he was resurrecting his friend. How is your relationship with Jesus today? Can it be described as a friendship? You know, if not, or if it's not like that lately, then the best way to create one or to resurrect one is to spend time with Jesus in prayer and in his word. Verse 39. After a brief exchange between Jesus and Lazarus' sister, uh, Lazarus' sister Martha, where Jesus reminds her that if she believed he would, he would, uh, she would see the glory of God. We turn to the very brief but powerful one on one between Jesus and Lazarus, or like I said uh, jokingly, the greatest game of Simon Says ever played. And in verse 43, La- uh, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out, and Lazarus comes out. Now, I doubt very much any of us who ever played Simon Says in the past ever saw Simon actually raise someone from the dead, but after all. This wasn't really a game of Simon Says, was it? It was actually a game of Jesus Says. And if there's anything we need to learn from this one-on-one between Jesus and Lazarus, the first and the foremost thing that we should learn is that when Jesus speaks, even what is dead can be brought back to life. I want you to think about that for a moment. You and I could have stood outside the tomb for days, for, for, for hours, for days, for months, for years. And we could have been yelling into the tomb, Lazarus, come out. We could even have said, Simon says, Lazarus, come out. And the truth is, Lazarus would still be in the tomb today. But when Jesus says, Lazarus comes out, the dead man came out. Because only Jesus has the words and the power over life and death. What has Jesus been telling you to do lately? Is there any area of your life that needs to listen to his life-giving words? We've been going through a rough time as a society. And I would hope that each and every one of us as believers in Jesus Christ would be turning to him and trying to listen for the messages that he wants you to hear. What is it that he wants you to learn through all of this stuff that we've been going through? You know, for me, I've been thinking a lot about it, and I've realized that Jesus has been telling me I need to love God and my neighbor more than myself. That I should accept others and guard my heart from judgment. That I need to be concerned for them. Not only for their physical well-being, their emotional well-being, but also their spiritual well-being. You know, with everything that's been going on, I, I have to say, I, I have not stopped sharing Jesus's words with my friends because that's how strongly I feel like G- Jesus has been talking to me. He's been telling me, don't withdraw, don't hide, don't get into your cave, don't close out your world, but stay active, stay involved and be involved in other people's lives and love them as God calls you to love them, as Jesus calls us to love them and continue to love God. That's what I've been hearing. And so I've tried to keep myself busy. I've tried to keep my same schedule with those that are available. We try to honor all the guidelines, but whether it's online or whether it's socially distanced in, 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 a, in, a, in a safe space or area, I've made sure to, make, to, to continue to stay close to my friends and to continue to talk about Jesus and his words and share his words with people. What about you? What has Jesus been telling you? The first and foremost thing that, we want, to get away, that we, we want to take away or that we want to hear Jesus saying from this interaction with Lazarus is that Jesus' words are life. They bring the dead back to life. John chapter 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. Where Lazarus, losing things here, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Mary served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure an expensive perfume, and poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So a lot has happened from the time, between the time Jesus raised uh, lazarus from the dead and he shows up here at a dinner at mary martha and lazarus's home word about lazarus's resurrection had spread throughout the region and even reached the temple where the jewish authorities at the time became very concerned about jesus's popularity they feared that his rising popularity would draw the attention of the Roman authorities. And then the Roman authorities would come down on their heads and make life very tough for them. And so they got together and they decided that it was high time to kill Jesus. Always one step ahead, Jesus went into hiding. And he didn't come out of hiding for several weeks or even months later when he finally showed up at Mary, Martha, and Lazarus's house about a week before Passover. You know, it had been, it's been 13 weeks too many since we have met physically as a church. And even though things aren't like they used to be, I, as I said at the beginning, I'm just really happy to be here with you. Because I believe the church is essential. It's vital to our, to our faith, to our walk with God. We need to be together regularly. We need to see each other, even if it's for a time a bit spaced out. We need to be able to make eye contact and see each other's smiling face and, and connect with one another. We need to come together as a family to worship God, to learn scripture, and to grow our faith and our love for each other and for our neighbors. I don't know how hard it was for Jesus to be in hiding for those weeks and those months, I mean, he had the disciples with him, so he wasn't totally alone. But, you know, I think it's very telling to me that when Jesus finally came out of hiding, the first place he went was to the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. These were his friends. They were his family. You know, the second thing I want you to take away from our one-on-one here with Jesus and Lazarus is that church really is essential. We really do need the fellowship. Yeah, Zoom has been a great replacement, Yeah, online services have filled a gap, but nothing replaces what we're doing here today, even in modified modified circumstances. I want to skip down to verse 9. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For an account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. So during this dinner at the home of the three siblings, crowds of people came out from all over and they wanted to go see Jesus, but they also wanted to see Lazarus. And verse 10 tells us that the the Jewish leadership on, on hearing about this decided that it was high time to kill Lazarus as well. Because his mere existence was winning people over to Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but as I, as I dug into this, this lesson, I realized I feel sorry for Lazarus. I mean, the poor guy got raised from the dead a few months ago, only to have to now worry about his life once again. And his only crime, the only thing Lazarus was guilty of, was of being a friend to Jesus. It never ceases to amaze me that in spite of all the amazing miracles, the acts of kindness, the good that Jesus did, the reaction of some, especially those who, who with the most to lose, was to try to rid themselves of Jesus and anyone whom he called friend. Here's my point. And this is kind of the final thing to take away from the one-on-one with Lazarus. Jesus' words, while Jesus' words are life to those who listen, they are death to those who don't. It's been nearly 30 years since a friend spoke Jesus' words of life to me. And thank God he did. Because not only did I repent of my sins and get baptized in Jesus' name, but I was also forgiven of all my sins and given a new life with the Holy Spirit as my guide, my counselor, and my guarantee. And like Lazarus, I too am now a friend of Jesus. And if that means there are going to be people out there who want to rid themselves of me, then so be it. Because Jesus' words are life to those who listen, but they're death to those who don't. Who do you need to speak Jesus' words of life to? Who do you know needs to be given opportunity to become a friend of Jesus? My prayer is that in the coming months, as the world comes out of its hibernation, you will play, Jesus says, with your friends by inviting the church and telling them about the life-giving words of Jesus Christ. At this time, we're going to take communion and we're going to pray for our weekly offering. It's a time to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and to give of our own means to help support the work that he's doing at see me church we believe the bible is the best source of truth in our world today in it we learn that jesus is lord that he lived a sinless life died on a cross and rose to life again and it's in this belief that we do everything we are a member supported fellowship by people like me you can give online today at CME.church or by texting keyword CME Church to 77977 i'm going to say a prayer and then we're going to play a song that I think is very appropriate for our time today and allow you some time to meditate on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Afterwards, I'll come back. I'll close us out with a short prayer. Then I have a few announcements. And then we'll just enjoy a time of being together. And after that, you're free to go at any time you want. Let's go ahead and turn to God in prayer. Father, thank you so very much for this time to pray to you. More importantly, to commune with you. And finally, after 13 weeks, to commune with you together as a church family. I pray that we all remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That we all remember the day that we were called out of the tomb and given a new life. Help us to take the heart, the message of this one-on-one with Jesus and Lazarus. that, That your words are life to anyone who listens. And I pray that we will put your words first and foremost in our heart and listen to what you want us to hear. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these great people who come out today and celebrated church with us. Thank you for everyone who is at home watching online. I pray that they're encouraged by the gathering here this morning. It's in it Jesus' name we pray. I swore, I never go Amen. Back.
1: I was blind to the truth, didn't know what I had. I was running, I was searching, but every place I turned for healing Left me more broken than the last Take me back To the place that feels like home To the people I can depend on To the faith that's in my bones Take me back To a preacher and a verse Where they've seen me at my worst To the love I had at first Oh, I wanna go to church tried to walk on my own, but I'm wound up lost. Now I'm making my way to the foot of the cross. It's not a trophy for the winners. It's a shelter for the sinners, and it's right where I In a verse Where they've seen me at my worst To the love I had at first Oh, I wanna go
0: you join us at home and you were not able to take communion with us please make sure you do so later today you know at see church we want to be your church your family's church and your neighbor's church if you want to know more just connect with the person who told you about us or feel free to contact me directly my information is on our website and i want to ask for all the members of see church to be engaging your worlds for christ you can do this by praying for investing in and being jesus to the people you know and don't forget to invite them to church you can do so by sharing our link to our website, to our other social media outlets, and encourage them to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to like us on Instagram and Facebook. So guys, I don't know about you, but what a great time it's been to be together. So thankful that you all came this morning. I want to wish you a great rest of the day. God bless, and we'll look forward to seeing you again very soon, hopefully next Sunday. You are dismissed.
1: Things that I would change About myself